The Pelicans are hiring James Borrego, former Charlotte Hornets head coach, as their associate head coach under Willie Green. This is a good hire, but not for the reasons you think, as I'm skeptical it'll supercharge the Pelicans' offense. I'll break down why in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, we got unexpected news, maybe not unexpected news, over the weekend of the Pelicans hiring James Borrego to be their associate head coach, some experience now added to the coaching staff or more experience added to the coaching staff under head coach Willie Green. I don't think this will necessarily supercharge the Pelicans offense and I'll explain why, but it is still a very good hire. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com promo code Locked On. And of course, thank you for making it Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team coming to you like nobody does Monday through Friday, even in the offseason, breaking down the topics you want to hear, giving you the insight that you want, and I've got a lot in today's show. So become an everydayer, never miss an episode. I promise I answer all your questions here every single day on Locked On Pelicans and listen Monday through Friday and comment down below. Are you excited about the hiring of James Borrego as the Pelicans associate head coach? So before I get into some of the numbers here and things I want to share with you. I want to make this very clear. I like this hire. This is a very good hire for the Pelicans. We'll really get into why in the third segment of what I think he's going to do for Willie Green. In the second segment of today's show, we'll look at what offense he could, in theory, bring to the Pelicans and how it fits and actually works really well with the players. But no, I'm a little skeptical this is going to revolutionize the Pelicans' offense and turn them into one of the elite ones in the league just based on this hire alone. If that ends up happening, it's due to a lot of other factors. But the Pelicans had the 21st offense in the league last season. And when this announcement was kind of put out by Woj, he touted the Pelicans hiring him for his offensive philosophy. But let me ask you this. Was it truly his offensive philosophy and was it even that good? His tenure in Charlotte, four years as a head coach, is a little bit mixed. His first year, they had the 11th best offense. That dropped to 28 in year two, 23 in year three, and then back up into the top 10, eighth best offense his final year before he was fired. Okay, 11, 28, 23, 8. That is a mixed bag there. But let's dive a little bit deeper. They played really fast that final year in Charlotte. They had the fifth fastest pace. The only time that a Charlotte team under Borrego was in the top half in terms of pace. So what did they look like in the half court? His first year there, 11th in half court offense. Second year, 28th in half court offense. The half court offense was 23rd, so it mimics the offensive rating 
for the first three years. Then the final year, when they had the eighth best offense overall, they were 13th in the half court. So it falls down a little bit. Still in the top half, but not in the top 10. So is he truly an offensive coach? I'm not so sure about that. And when this news was being rumored a couple weeks ago, I said that in there. When you look at Charlotte, they had a guy on their bench, Jay Triano, who was their offensive coordinator, who was really there to kind of build up that offense. And after Borrego was fired, he left last year to go to the Sacramento Kings and run their offense. What did Sacramento have this past season? The number one offense in the league. They were 25th the year before. Sacramento went from 25 to first. They also had a full healthy year of Damanis Sabonis. But they went from 25 to first in Jay Triano's first year. Is that a coincidence? Probably not. I think we sometimes overestimate, overevaluate the impact of coaches and things like that. You know, sometimes it's simply healthy players. If Zion was healthy all year, if B.I. was healthy all year, the Pelicans wouldn't have had the 21st offense. Though the offense, I think, in theory, wasn't greatly designed even with those two. So bringing someone in who has some experience with a good offense in Borrego, I think is fine. But I don't think he's going to come in and is this offensive mastermind. I think Jay Triano probably had more to do with the Charlotte Hornets offense overall than James Borrego did, especially by looking at his work with the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings head coach is Mike Brown. Mike Brown, for his entire tenure as a head coach at multiple places, has been known as a defensive guy, a defensive coach, a defensive head coach. All of a sudden, he's got now the first, the, the top offense in the league. That him, or is that an assistant coach? Is it James Borrego? Is it Jay Triano? I'm leaning more towards the latter. That said, it doesn't mean like Borrego wouldn't have picked some things up or doesn't understand the concepts of these offense, of the offense. It's really kind of a simple motion-based offense, not a revolutionary idea here that they ran in Charlotte. They were also very analytics heavy and kind of just doing smart basketball things. So none of this is like a revolutionary concept. This isn't like the seven seconds or less Suns under Mike D'Antoni and Alvin Gentry being like, whoa, look at this. Look at this team that we've never seen before. No one's ever played like this before. This is just a lot of off-ball movement. And we'll get into what that could actually look like in the next segment here. So I don't want to give Borrego like tons of credit here and be like, oh my God, you know, it's not like you're putting D'Antoni on the bench, even though he has been involved with the Pelicans as a coaching advisor. It's different when a guy's kind of there on a daily basis. They had hired Jay Triano. I'd be like, oh heck yeah, look at what he's going to do because he's done this at multiple places. So it comes down to this, in my opinion, everyone wants an assistant coach to prop up Willie Green, right? Bring in an assistant coach to run the offense so that Willie Green and his limitations don't need to worry about that sort of thing. Could you argue that that was Jay Triano in Charlotte? Hire, hire an assistant coach to prop up James Borrego. You, you see the analogy here. So thinking Borrego is going to come in and completely fix and revolutionize the offense. I'm skeptical of it. Doesn't mean it won't happen. I think it could. As I said, this is not like a revolutionary thing that they're doing, that they want to put in. The offense being a motion-based offense is not some far-out concept that no one's ever heard of before. This is standard stuff in the NBA. You need the right type of players. You need 
the right kind of shot selection. And the Pelicans have the ability to do all of that. So I think he can come in and help, certainly. But I don't think it's like, oh, they hired this offensive mastermind. When I see people screaming that stuff, I'm like, hold on here. There was more to it at play. But it doesn't make it a bad hire. And even if he isn't as good as another offensive guy, it doesn't mean you can't pick this stuff up and implement it. So what would it look like implementing with the Pelicans? That's what I want to look at coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. They've got the $1 million daily Superflex promotion going on during the NBA Finals. Each day of the NBA Finals, one Prize Picks user will receive a chance of becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day, and whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. You get all six correct, $1 million. Five correct picks, $80,000. Four correct picks, $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. You're not competing against other people. You just look at the numbers. You pick more than that or less than that than the PrizePix projection and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKDOWN. Deposit 100, prize picks will give you 100. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, doing a deep dive on the new assistant coach for the Pelicans, James Borrego. Become an everydayer because you'll know things are coming. Last week, I answered a question where someone said, like, why haven't they done anything yet? And I said, the the assistant coaching carousel hasn't even started yet. Give it time. And what happens over that same weekend? Well, they didn't miss out. It was just, you got to wait a little bit. We're covering it all here like no one else is. Monday through Friday on Locked On. Pelicans completely free. If you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. You'll know what's going on. And comment down below on YouTube. So let's let's assume that this is going to help with the Pelicans offense and improve the Pelicans offense in a way that they want. What's that look like? What is James Borrego going to bring and try and implement, even if it's you know not at an extreme level here with this Pelicans team? It's, it's a simple type of, it's not simple. It's a simple concept. It's a simple idea. A motion offense. That's what this is. The Pelicans have run a very isolation heavy style of basketball. And because they have two elite one-on-one scores in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, it works. But when you take one of them out of the mix, things fall apart a little bit. And when both are out of the mix, well, the offense really struggles. And they struggled in the half court this year. They were the 21st ranked offense. And that's with the time that B.I. and Zion were healthy. That's not a good number to be. Defensively, they've been fine. And I've talked a lot about that this offseason. But they need to get better, as I sigh, offensively. And I think this will definitely help that. So what is a motion offense? It It's kind of there in the name. There's more guys working off ball. There's more screening for people both on ball and off ball. There's a lot of multi-action pick and rolls. You're going to hear the word a Spain pick and roll, which is a variation of a pick and roll thrown around a lot. That's really tough to defend. And the Pelicans really fit with their players that they have the type of team that should be an elite motion offense. They have a number of guys that work well off ball. CJ works well 
off ball. Zion can work well off ball. Brandon Ingram can work well off ball. Trey Murphy as an excellent spot up shooter works well off ball. Herb Jones is a very good cutter. Dyson Daniels projects like he should be a good connector and keep the ball moving in a motion offense. There's a lot of pieces here that really seem like they fit. And that's what I'm really excited about when you look at these guys. One of the keys of an emotion offense and what makes it at times tough for teams to run is that you need a lot of guys that have high basketball IQ that are able to pass, make the right read, make the right decision, make the right play, and kind of play make for others. The Pelicans do a little bit of this already with that .5 mentality that Willie Green has tried to instill in this team. Get the ball and in .5 seconds you're deciding what you want to do. Pass, shoot, move, whatever it is. You're not there standing thinking it's keep it going. So they've got some of the basic ideas of this down already. Make a decision and go. Now you need to make the right kind of read. Well, they have guys that can do it. We've seen point Zion. We've seen point CJ. We've seen point BI. We've seen Herb Jones handle the ball. We've seen Jose Alvarado handle the ball. So it works with the players that they have. They have a lot of guys that can kind of play, make, and create for others. So use those strengths in this offense. You know, set off ball screens for Trey Murphy. One of the things they did not do a lot of, and Trey even said this, and Willie Green even said this, was they don't use their other guys that much. They kind of just park them there. How many times did you see a player just parked in the corner? One of the short corners, waiting, kind of being an anchor to pull a defender out there, a spacer, but not moving at all. Well, set a screen and create some space on the wing for them to come up and get a clean catch and shoot look. Four, three. This is the type of offense that a guy like Jordan Hawkins out of UConn, by the way, would thrive in. And if the Pelicans want to run that, okay, let's bring in more of those kind of players. You know, you want to set off-ball screens for guys to spring them and create open looks, and then you pass to them, and so on and so forth. You know, when you run a pick-and-roll heavy offense and you involve a Spain pick-and-roll, it's essentially just a normal pick-and-roll with a back screen for the original screener for the picker so imagine cj mccollum dribbling the ball up on the left side of the top of the three-point line zion williamson comes up and sets a pick for him and so cj is going to come curl around this so zion sets the screen cj comes around the screen in theory zion then just rolls to the basket and cj kind of drives to the basket so they're now going both like this you know standard pick and roll what then happens to give Zion Williamson a little bit more space is someone is going to come in, usually a wing, imagine it in this case in tra- being Trey Murphy, comes up and sets a screen on Zion Williamson's man. So after Zion sets the screen, right after, Trey comes up and sets a screen for Zion. So all of a sudden, when he rolls hard to the basket with his leap ability that he's capable of doing, he gets a little bit extra space because Trey Murphy just set a pick for this guy, his defender, and it's just an easy lob to Zion who's got tons of room to work. You can also evolve this into other things. Trey Murphy, instead of setting a screen for Zion's man, can do something called a ghost screen, which is essentially when you look like you're going to set a screen, like maybe set it for half a second, and then move out of the way and do something else and don't really commit to setting the pick ghost screen Trey can set a ghost screen and then just pop to the top of the three-point line and now you have zion rolling to the basket which is going to take certainly at least one defender there and if trey's man sees what's happening here they're going to try and switch on to zion is zion's original man going to still do that too? stay with him and now trey's just popping out to the three-point line for a pass from cj just kind of back to him for an open three-point look 
Imagine that with a guy like Herb Jones and involving him in that a little bit more. Using him and the stout body that he has, setting a screen for Zion just to free him up to get downhill and get to the rim on a roll out of a pick and roll a little bit more. Makes a lot of sense with the players that they have. You also need guys to score at multiple levels with this because you're trying to make the right read. So guys need to get to their spots. And the more spots they have, the more clean things can be and the more options there are. Well, that works when you have a couple of mid-range guys in Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. We've also seen Trey Murphy willing to attack closeouts a little bit more. So if you do that, it forces the defense to rotate. So Trey's putting the ball on the court, driving to the basket from, say, the corner to attack a, a, a strong closeout. And now the defense is rotating and you just got to move the ball around to try and find the right guy. It's a much more fluid I call it pace of possession. There's pace, which is just number of possessions you get per game. So it's kind of how quickly in the shot clock do you shoot? If you shoot four seconds in, you're going to have more possessions than someone who waits 20 seconds in. But there's also pace of possession, which involves how many passes you have. How often does the ball stick or get stuck? And does it move? Does it keep people going? And that's what this kind of offense does. So I am excited for them to change this. And Willie Green knows they need to change this. The end of season media availability, he talked a lot about this. They needed to add more. They needed to do more to this offense to kind of charge it up because it was too stagnant, too easy to defend. And for a team with the scoring talent they have here, it should not have been this bad. So if Borrego brings any concepts of emotion offense in and they're like, hey, you're going to, maybe it's just, they know he's a smart coach. You could do a whole lot worse for an associate head coach than this guy says, come on in and you're going to be our offensive guy, even if he's not an offensive guy. It's a motion offense. NBA people understand this. Coaches understand this. We want you to design this and put it all in. Okay, he can do that. And that type of offense should work really well with the Pelicans. And this is why I said in the beginning of the show, this is a good hire. This is a good hire, and it should work out for New Orleans. Smart. There's also another... There's two other areas that I think this really helps the Pelicans. One is with the offense. One is with head coach Willie Green. The one with the offense really involves Zion, and it might be a key to keeping him out there on the court all season long and avoiding some of maybe the bad habits that we've seen. I'll explain why that is coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Every dayers, we were supposed to talk about him today. We didn't get to it. One of the most intriguing prospects in the draft, Leonard Miller. I want to look at a couple of like really intriguing prospects. Maybe we'll do three in tomorrow's show. Headline by Leonard Miller. Tall, big, athletic wing, a profile the Pelicans absolutely love. We'll look at him in tomorrow's episode and others in tomorrow's episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today, though, we're looking at James Borrego and what he could bring to the Pelicans now that he's going to be the newest associate head coach of the team. It also does sound like the team is going to be keeping Jaron Collins, too. Jaron Collins, who's the kind of defensive coordinator for the team, someone I said they don't want to lose him given they had the sixth best offense last year. Very excited. Look, I'm upset he didn't get a head coaching job. You want people to succeed. I want to see people thriving, right? You love to see other success, or at least some people do, some people don't, I guess. I I want people to get the jobs they want and do the things they want to do and succeed in their careers. And if that was elsewhere out of New Orleans, I get it. 
But it's also nice that if you keep and retain good people, same with Trajan Langdon, who seems to still be here in New Orleans too. That's all a good thing because I think these people are good at their jobs. And now they're adding more experience in James Borrego. One bonus of the motion offense that I failed to mention in the last segment that I want to look at too is you got to run in this. You got to run and you got to work. This is not something for lazy players, people who just want to stand around. When you look at teams that have run a motion offense, the Warriors being a good, good example, the Kings last year too, you cover a lot of ground. And I, I don't have the numbers here because I don't think we even need to look it up because I think it's just such a fact. If you look at these teams, you can check how many like miles per game their players have run that they've run as a team. And I bet if you look at any team that runs a motion offense, the ground covered, the distance covered, and the speed covered is going to be higher for those than teams that run an isolation style offense. So you need, and you'll see where I'm going with this in a second here, you need to be in really good shape. You need to be conditioned. Zion has come into the season last year in great shape. It was kind of keeping it up after injuries and other things. If this is the type of offense they run, you can't slack at all. And if this is something that can help Zion make sure he stays in shape, that's important. And you recently heard Stan Van Gundy talking about how do you get the best out of Zion? And he said he called Coach K from Duke and was like, what do I do about Zion to keep him, you know, in the best like shape of his life and career and keep him on the court? Coach K said, make him play basketball, long practices, scrimmaging, those type of things, not just standing around. This offense, you're not going to be able to do that. And that was also the healthiest Zion has ever been was under Stan Van Gundy. So this could be a bonus of the knock-on impact, one of those like, Indirect things maybe helps keep Zion out there on the court and in the best shape that he needs to be in to be the most efficient and effective basketball player possible. The other great reason for this hire is it just helps Willie Green with some experience. You know, coaches progress and grow and improve much like a player does. And growth is not always linear. You know, sometimes a player adds more to their game. Sometimes a coach learns new tricks and tries to adapt it and add it in. There's great stories from the Miami Heat about this with Eric Spolstra when Chip Kelly was at Oregon running the spread offense and kind of revolutionizing college football. He spent time out there. He went up to Oregon or the Eagles, one of the two, I forget what it was, to watch Chip Kelly practice and to kind of understand the concepts of his football offense for how he could figure out how to install that with the Miami Heat and the super team that they had there. Space and pace is where that phrase came from. And it came from watching spread offenses in college football. You know, coaches can learn new things. They can improve. Just like Willie Green can too. Sometimes you need someone to help you with that. And James Borrego being a former head coach who's made mistakes, who's had bad offenses, but also had really good out-of-timeout plays and other things, well... This is the type of guy that can help Willie Green grow and improve. When Willie Green, you know, makes a mistake, whether it's not trusting a young player to grow, and James Borrego had some issues with that earlier on in his tenure, benching guys like LaMelo Ball, not utilizing them right, not allowing these players to grow and improve in the ways that they should. Has he learned from those sorts of things? Got him fired. You hope he would. And now he can impart that type of wisdom on Willie Green. Monty Williams, you know, has really changed as a coach from his time in New Orleans to his time at Phoenix, and I'm assuming now will change as the head coach of the Detroit Pistons too. 
We look back on Monty Williams with a lot of like rose-tinted glasses, I think. He probably should have been fired, maybe not right after the, the playoff run they had, but certainly he was not achieving what he should have with that Pelicans team, in my opinion. And the offense wasn't great. And there were a lot of other kind of behind-the-scenes things. He was not a very, he was a very rigid guy. When he went to Phoenix, a lot of that changed because he knew he had to if he wanted to be more successful. So in his second stint as a head coach, he learned from the previous one. James Borrego is going to have learned, and he's going to impart that on Willie Green so that sometimes you don't need to get fired to learn those lessons. To have someone help you with challenges, timeout management, other things, you know, realizing the flow of the game is going against you, and Borrego go, oh, I've seen this before, hold on, we got to do something here. And someone that Willie Green will listen and respect, and I'm sure he respects all the coaches on the roster, that's not to say he doesn't, is a good thing. To save Willie Green from himself just a little bit, I think can be a very big positive. And that's why I like this hire the most. A little bit more experience on the bench to help Willie Green, who is still growing himself and still young in his head coaching and coaching career. I love Willie Green as the head coach of this team. He should not be fired. Look at the show I did on the Denver Nuggets. Looking at how we got to learn those lessons from Denver and apply them to the New Orleans Pelicans, because there's a lot, and a big one is patience. Letting people grow, letting people figure it out. This helps Willie Green do that, and it should, this is a great hire for the Pelicans. So I'm a little skeptical it's going to revolutionize them and turn them into a top five offense, even though the potential is there. But I think this is only going to be a good thing. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. And if you want to support the channel, be coming every day. Tomorrow, we'll look at some of the most intriguing prospects in the upcoming NBA draft, headlined by Leonard Miller, I think. And we'll have more on trades. I want to look at Scoot Henderson. For a reason. We're going to have a fun show about trading for Scoot Henderson coming up. So a lot to come here this week on Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.